Welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. It's the weekly podcast where we discuss business, sports, politics, and whatever's on our mind. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. Joining me as always, you know him, he's my right-hand man. He's my partner in crime. He's the business CEO, business strategist, all-around good guy. Ted Fells. Good evening, everyone. Man, I have to say, I really, I'm really liking your background. This right. You're back to the, the Las Vegas look. Yes. <laughs> Would you look in there, huh? You like that? How like, about that? He's in the CNN studio somewhere. That's he's right. That's right. Official and professional. Move over, move over, Anderson Cooper. Don <laughs> Lemon. Lemon. Move uh-huh. over. They're literally moving over as we speak. As That's we speak. right. I know they're concerned. They say, man, we're in big trouble. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. So I know many of you that are watching us right now, you recognize our guest. We're going to introduce her here in just a few moments. But I, w- I wanted to talk about the What Now movement. And today is Motivational Monday. And we had Genesis Ameris Kemp. She did a Motivational Monday, and Ted, I think she broke the internet. <laughs> broke it. The internet's now broken. It doesn't work anymore. Mm. <laughs> she got so many likes and comments and people joining in. And hey. what, what she shared was just truly inspirational mm. and, and just motivational and really helps you to want to overcome, makes you want to overcome the challenges that you're dealing with and just continue to move forward on your path. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who haven't checked it out, please go and make sure you check that out. It's every Monday we do a motivational Monday. Uh, this one was exceptional. Shout out to Genesis Ameris Kemp. And you also know it's Marketing Monday. So this is the opportunity. This is someone's going to get their big break. Someone. Yeah, I, I have a feeling. Today's the day. Somebody's going to get that break. They're going to put their link in the site and they're going to get discovered and they're, everything's going to change. <laughs> right. and, then, and then at least tell us thank you. <laughs> at least tell us. Feel free to cut us a little check if you'd like. Or, exactly. But at least thank you. Make that out to Eric Twiggs, please. Thank you. And, Ted, right. and Ted Fells. Yes. <laughs> All right. So again, make sure you check out the What Now Movement Facebook group. If you're not a member, just go to that What Now Movement page and join. We help you to overcome the challenges and curveballs that life throws at it, at you. So make sure that you, you take the time to join that. This is not your everyday podcast. If you don't know by, <laughs> now, if you don't know by now, this is right. not your everyday podcast. Right. You, you probably figured that out, that it's not your everyday podcast. Yeah. Shout out to everyone that's watching me on Instagram TV, IGTV, I see you, shout out to you. You can also, you can go to our Facebook Live page. Uh, if you wanna see our guests, you wanna see Ted as well, um, you can go to the 30minutehour.net. That's our website. And you can catch all of the recordings we've done in the past. This is episode 76, Ted. 76? Can you believe it? Wow. Episode 76. Trivia trivia question for you. Okay. 
You may or may not know the answer to this. Mm. All righty. Our guest today mm -hmm. was on which episode? <laughs> oh, that's a good trivia question. We'll have to, we'll have to look that <laughs> up here in a second. <laughs> yeah. He should give you a heads up on that one. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to let you know, Eric, that yes, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> But we do know it was in July of 2019. Uh -huh. It was July of last July. year. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Any other curveballs you got there, Ted? Nah, man. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yeah, you have rehearsal. You have planning. And you say, hey, you know, I'm going to ask this question. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. Yeah. They, that gives them a reason to go on to the 30minutehour.net and then they can look through all the different episodes and they can see which one uh, our guest was on. So they can listen to that one. Oh, there you go. That would be a good... Uh, Ted, Ted, do you remember my topic? I want to leave that to Eric. I think Eric remembers <laughs> Eric remembers the topic. I have a hard time remembering what I had for lunch today. <laughs> so here's what I'm thinking. And this is for those of you who are watching us on the Facebook page. Yeah, you can go to the 30minutehour.net and you can actually stroll through, see if you can find Dr. Hattie Washington's episode and put it in the chat. Put it That'd in the chat. Give him a prize. Give That's a right. Prize for that. No, no, then you get a prize. <laughs> you, you get a mystery prize if you can find <laughs> that out. That's right. Yeah, we, we got to spice things up on the show, Ted. Yeah, we got to do things a little different. If uh, they don't get anything, that's the mystery, huh? That's it. <laughs> Where's my prize? What's coming? Like, look okay, that's trick or treat. That's uh, it. Right. That was a trick, not a treat. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But now, uh, th this is uh, its an awesome honor to have our guest. Uh, before we introduce her formally, uh, Ted, I got yes, something that's on my mind. Please share. I want to talk to you for a second from this idea. It's about driving from success to significance. Mm. Driving from success to significance. And you know, I knew our guest was coming on, and it really got me thinking about my past experiences, right? So as you know, we've talked about this before. My whole journey on becoming more productive and on time management, it started back when I was in college. Mm. You know, I was my senior year at Hampton University, had a good friend of mine. You know, he was about his purpose. I was about to party. And I was surprised to find out down the road that he, he suddenly passed away in a car accident. Mm. And it really got my attention. It sent me the message that maybe we don't have as much time as we think. So I said, you know what? I need to pursue success. Time is short. Mm. I need to become successful. You know, I want to be driving the big car. Mm. You know, I, I want to be balling. I want to be a driver. I, I want to be doing it. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I worked my way up the corporate ladder. You know, I ended up, I was with uh, an automotive group. I had 17 locations district manager, we were winning all of these awards for our performance and results. And I'm, I'm driving the BMW. Mm. 
Mm. Nice car. I'm driving along. I'm doing it. I was doing the thing. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and so I, I remember this clear as day. Now, I'm driving one day. I, I stop at the light. And I, I look in the rearview mirror. And the eyes that I saw looking back at me, which are my eyes, I, I realized that I hated what I was doing. I was successful, but I wasn't significant. Mm. There, was, I, there was something that was missing. I mean, I literally, I remember that I, I dreaded the idea of going into the office. Mm. I mean, the, I remember the, the alarm, and I looked back, the alarm clock would go off, and I would just keep hitting the snooze button. Mm. Just keep hitting the snooze button. And, and I remember thinking to myself, there's got to be more. Yeah. And that's really what started, that, that's, a big reason that we're all sitting here talking right now mm -hmm. because I kept asking that question, you know, what there's got to be more. And, you know, I was so focused on driving the big car, but, but here's the big takeaway. Here is what I learned from that experience. Again, th this is really critical. Here's what I learned. It's not what you drive. It's what drives you. Ooh. Heavy. Ooh. Wait, 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 wait. Well, first thing is, Eric, you, this, that was supposed to be the time that you told everyone to put down the ham sandwich. <laughs> they were supposed to stop, you know, you know. Just, get off the treadmill. Get off the treadmill. Go to the living room, sit in the couch, that type of thing. Because you dropped that right there, and people weren't ready for that. They probably, <laughs> right. dropped, the, right. they probably dropped the sandwich. They're still on the drive part, the first part of the drive. Yeah, yeah. So you, <laughs> you got to give that. Go back again and. You got to give it to them again, but you got to prepare them for it like we normally do. You just can't just drop <laughs> a boulder of knowledge on people like that without giving them an opportunity to be prepared. You, you, just saw, you, just saw, you just seen Dr. Washington now. We both was like. Rewind. <laughs> so, give, so, so go and rewind it. Yeah. Rewind. Let, let's rewind. <laughs> okay. Again, this is the time. Push pause on the treadmill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're driving right now, you, you want to pull over to the side of the road. Mm -hmm. If you got the ham sandwich, just put the ham sandwich down for a quick second. Because you really need to focus on this. This, this, is, this is critical. Mm -hmm. he, he was my big takeaway. It just bears repeating. Mm -hmm. It's not what you drive. Mm -hmm. It's what drives you. Oof. Oof. That's, mm. that, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Mm. What drives you? Absolutely. And, and I, I thought about that mm -hmm. when, when Dr. Watch, when you and I were talking, and that, that really just came to mind. That whole experience just came to mind. And hopefully, yeah. that's a takeaway mm. for those of you that are watching us. But it, it's so important and because what happens is you, it's so easy to get into this situation where, you know, Stephen Covey refers to it, you know how you, you climb in the corporate ladder, you get uh -huh. to the top and you realize your ladder is leaning up against the wrong building. Mm. <laughs> right, right. It's very easy, to, it can easily happen. So let, let's get into this. This is the perfect time to bring our guest in. Yeah. And, and this is someone that I, I consider a mentor of mine. She's a good friend of mine. She's always got great advice. Yeah. Um, she's nationally recognized for her work in the education and foster care and nonprofit arenas. Mm. 22 years, 
She served as a tenured professor at Coppin State University in Baltimore and made history as the university's first female vice president. Mm. During the same time, she founded Aunt Hattie's Place and reached over 100 abused foster boys. They affectionately refer to her as Aunt Hattie. Mm. She is the author of several books. Uh, one of them is Driven to Succeed, an inspirational memoir of lessons learned through faith, family, and favor. And let me tell you, Ted, th this was so big, she had it translated into Spanish. Mm -hmm. That's how you know it was big time. You want to make sure everybody. Everybody needed some of that. Right. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> needs to stop what they're doing and, and read that book. Yeah. Uh, and then she's also the author of Aunt Hattie's cookbook, Southern mm. Comfort Food Favorites. Mm. <laughs> mm. That's a reminder. That's right. Come back to that. I just that made me think about something. Hard to come back to you now, huh? From right. the last, from the last uh, visit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There mm -hmm. you got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so please join me in welcoming to the thirty-minute hour podcast, Doctor Hattie Washington. It is my pleasure to be here, Eric and Ted. Welcome. Just so much to share with our community. Yes. In terms of the things that they can do and the potential they have within. So you just lead me as to how you want me to do this. Absolutely. It's certainly an honor to have you on the show. Uh, back again, the second yes. time. Yes. So, all right. So let, let, let's go to work. So you, you've been quite busy, Dr. Washington. Uh, you had your memoir, Driven to Succeed. It's this award-winning book. It's, it's an Amazon bestseller, right? Yes. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Thank you. So, so you talk about, in the book, you talk about your journey growing up uh, in the uh, Prince Edward County, Virginia area. Uh, and I, I th thought it was interesting that when you were in fifth grade, Around that time frame, your school was closed for five years. Mm -hmm. so why don't you tell us about your upbringing and some of the parallels in comparison to what's going on today? Absolutely. It's, it's absolutely so ironic that we're having uh, the judge, the Judge Barrett, being confirmed. And she mentioned today Brown v. Board of Education in the uh, comments, because someone was afraid that she was going to reverse many of the laws that have already been changed and been passed. But because of the Brown versus Board of Education that was passed in 1954, uh, when Justice Thurgood Marshall, the first black uh, on the Supreme Court, and because Virginia did not want to integrate the schools, which was the mandated by that law, they decided to close the schools altogether, particularly in Prince Edward County. And so all of the schools were closed down. And we didn't know how long, but my father being a member of the NAACP and all of the different groups, they knew it was not gonna be one year. And so that's when he decided to send me to Norfolk to stay with 
strangers. Yeah. Uh, there were some kids, but I didn't know who they were, so that I could just finish high school. And talking about success, the definition of success then was just to finish high school. Because many of the people down in Farmville, where I was, didn't have any other relatives in the place to be sent. So many of them stayed down there. And when the schools opened back up five years later, with Martin Luther King coming down and the marching and the peaceful protesting, et cetera, when it opened back up in 1964, just imagine I was already in the 11th grade in Norfolk at Booker T. Washington High School. But many of those students were now 16 years old and they still were in the fifth grade or fourth grade or whatever grade they were in. So could you imagine going to school now in the fourth grade and you're 16 years old? A lot of those students never went back to school. But so parallel and now with the schools being closed because of COVID, when we closed the schools, we didn't have technology we didn't even have in the books. Because wow. all of our books were second-handed books that came from the white school. I don't think I saw a book with the cover on it mm. until the last year we were leaving. And we got new books at that school, but every book that we got was hand-me-down from the white school with all kinds of writing in it with the N-word and all mm -hmm. kinds of words in the books that we got to learn from. But at the same time, Kids in their days, they got the computers. They have all kinds of activities that they can do, but we had none of that at the time. And that's why I say your, your point that you just said, you got to have the drive within you. If you don't have the drive within you, you give up with all of the obstacles that society puts on us today, particularly black people. My father always said, we got to be twice as qualified and work twice as hard to get one half of the recognition. And then when you do get a job, you got to work harder than anyone else because you've got to prove that you know when somebody else may not need to prove it. Not the fact that they may not even know nearly as much as you, but they don't have to prove it. So you got to continue to prove, improve, improve yourself so that's why you got to stay focused. I remember him saying to me, you got to do this. You got to finish high school. You got to finish, you're going to finish high school. And I was so upset because why would you send me away from the family? You know, you don't love me. So here I'm going away. But later in life, when you reflect back and the lessons learned, you find out that because people love you sometimes, they do tough love. Mm. and do things for you to make decisions because they see your potential, but you may not see your potential yourself. So the parallel of then and now with kids out of school and with the COVID, actually the, the pandemic is really, uh, racism is a pandemic, mm. which we've been suffering all of our lives. Jim Crow and discrimination and stuff. So we've been suffering with this all of our lives. So it's just, we are survivors, but we don't want to just survive, we want to thrive. And that's what driving from success to significance. You want to thrive, not just survive. And that's why we fighting and protesting and walking the streets because we want to thrive because we have a right to thrive. So that's the parallel I see with back then 
And now people got to keep on, keep it on because the drive within you, that's why my book is called Driven to Succeed. Mm. Because you got to have the inner drive. My father drove me to Norfolk, but then I had to have the drive in order to get that high school diploma and then go on further. Mm. And, and this segues perfectly into my next question. With, with everything that you just mentioned, I mean, all the challenges and the writing inward in your book and discrimination and segregation, you go on to become a tenured professor, the first female vice president of Coppin State University. You founded Aunt Hattie's Place. You're in the Maryland Women's Commission Hall of Fame. So how were you able to accomplish that with all the challenges that you dealt with? First of all, God, I give all the credit to God. And always keep your faith. Because out of everything my father said, don't ever give up and don't give in. And, and you know, when you hear those words, they're just words. And then as you live it, you hear those words in your ear. Don't give up and don't give in. Mm. You can do it. You're smart. So you can do it. And you know, many times you don't know that you're smart. Like many of my foster boys, I got to keep telling them how smart they are. They say, I'm in special ed. Well, they misplace you mm. in special ed. So I know you're very smart. So you don't have to worry about your social worker telling you you're smart or special education teacher telling you you're smart. I know you're smart. So I had that in the back of my mind. So all along, I knew I had a feeling there was something bigger and better. You don't know what it is, but I just had that feeling within that God had something bigger and better for me, but I had to put forth the steps. You don't just say, okay, God, what is it? And where is it? You first have to get started and you will find it. So when I finished high school, I didn't even know how to go to college. Yeah. And it goes to show you how schools can discriminate, even though I was on an honor society, but I didn't have any parents to come out to PTA meetings because the, the relatives I lived with didn't come to anything. Mm. So if they don't come to anything, you sort of, you're not significant. Wow. Even though I got an a honor society. So I did, they didn't get me ready for college. Mm. I hadn't done anything, had not applied, didn't know yet to take the SAT or any of those type things. I just got off the bus and went to Norfolk State because I knew I was going to college. I knew where it was and looking for my homeroom. They said, excuse me? I said, I'm looking for my homeroom. I plan to go here, and I don't know where to go. And they said, have you been admitted? And I just looked, because I didn't know what, I was the first person in my family to go to college. Hmm. So have I been admitted? I just looked like, oh, I don't know what you mean. They said, have you applied? And I still had that blank look. So they just took me by the hand. That's why I like HBCUs. Mm -hmm. It just took me down to have me to register. And I didn't know you had to pay. Because again, I'm the first person in the family. So, but anyway, make a long story short, you got to make the first step. Mm. So many people came to my help at Norfolk State. The word got around that this little girl came here looking for a homeroom and blah, blah, blah. And every time I saw people, they said, are you doing okay? You need anything? Let me know. And I'm thinking, how do they know me? 
this the word just got around, not making fun of me, but saying she needs some help. So again, <clears throat> I went from Norfolk State and then after I graduated, I started teaching and one of the best teachers in Norfolk, they asked me to come back to Norfolk State to teach. And so I came back to teach until I went overseas because at that time my husband was in the military and went overseas and I ended up teaching in Greece when mm -hmm. I was in Greece. Learned to speak Greek. My kids did too, had two daughters. Wow. Came back to the United States, taught back at Norfolk State for a while. Then I went to Scotland mm. at the University of Glasgow working on my doctorate. So again, you still have that drive within you. And when I came back to the United States, was at the Maryland State Department of Education for eight years. And then after that, assistant superintendent for Baltimore City Schools and vice president of Coppin State. So my dream of success was to finish high school. And that's why from success to significance. And I believe when we start talking in a little bit, being significant is not only being successful yourself, but how do you help so many other people to mm. become successful as well? And that's what the boys home was all about. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so one thing, what, what advice do you have? So we, we've got people that are watching this now that may feel like this, the deck is stacked against them. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a minority in this company and there's a ceiling, there's a glass ceiling. You know, like you said, I've got to be twice as good to get half as far. What, what do you have, what advice do you have for that person who's almost using that as an excuse or a crutch? First, you got to be competent. You got to know yourself. And you got to know it and know it again. That's what I call metacognition. Hmm. Not only do you know it yourself, but you got to know how to teach someone else to do it. So a lot of people know it, but they don't know how to turn it around and teach someone else. Or many times they don't know how to express it. Give you an example. If someone, if you see someone, you know them, but you can't think of their name. You say, I know that person. Oh, I, what is that name? Oh, my goodness. Okay, that's you knowing it. You know stuff. But if you can't get it out at the same time, then that's what you call reflective knowledge versus expressive knowledge. Mm. Many of us as a people got a lot of stuff up here, mm. but we don't know how to express it in the right way other than using dog it's like uh you know it's like it's like this and and uh and them that and those they got all this knowledge but no one has taught them how to express it in an appropriate way so every other word is a curse word or every other word is um 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 uh it's like it's like it's like because they're thinking mm. but if you give them some graphic organizers teach them how to learn certain things and express it they got so much knowledge so that's one of the things that I do with my foster boys and trying to teach them how to express all of the knowledge that they have and the knowledge that they know. So that is one of the main things in terms of techniques on how to express what you know in a way. If I, you know, I always give this example, all the, the five lakes in, in Michigan. Well, we all know those because we learned them in the fourth grade, but for the life of you, you know, we said, what are those lakes? I know them. So if I give you an acronym, the word H-O-M-E-S, homes, and name them, Lake Huron, Lake Ontario, 
Lake Michigan, Lake Erie, and Lake Superior. So they got it. And so that's one of the things I teach my teachers at Coppin how to do, how to teach kids with mnemonics, a graphic organizer, so that they can apply that information to new information because they can remember certain things. A lot of the stuff we know, but we can't get it out or we don't memorize it because you don't have any brain structure to mm -hmm. memorize information. My daughter who's a physician and the other daughter who's a lawyer, I taught them how to recall different things and how to memorize different things. And with techniques of being successful, it's the personality too. You have being competent, then you gotta have confidence in what you're going to do. And then you have to be committed. Mm. So I call it four C's being competent, having confidence, being committed, and then you coordinate with other people because you don't know it all. So you got to bring in the resources. So they don't mind asking people to be your mentor or what have you, because they got experiences that you don't know and no sense reinvent the wheel. If they already been where you are going, you don't need a roadmap. They can tell you around that corner, you're going to find a such a construction. And over here, don't go that way because the road or the bridge is broken. So you need to get mentors to help you. And that's why the significance is so important because you're going to give back. Don't just reach success. Now, I'm, a, I'm the first female vice president of Coppin State. I'm in the Hall of Fame. I got some books I've written. Now I'm going to sit down and just go on my vacation on my yacht. To me, because I was so, <clears throat> I, I was helped by so many people to get where I cannot sit down without reaching back and giving back. Oh man, that, that's phenomenal. Yeah. We are here with Dr. Hattie Washington on the 30 Minute Hour podcast. We've got, I'm just looking, we've got quite a few people chiming in and commenting. Uh, shout out to Art White. My frat brother, Art White, who's watching this on IGTV, I see you. Uh, Eric Rainey says, that's good. And then Cheryl Washington. Oh, my daughter. <laughs> she said, hi, mom. She says, hey, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but no, th this is fantastic. Beautiful. So shifting gears a little bit. Now, you, you've, now I'm asking this next question for a friend. Yeah. Right? I, yeah, I'm asking for a friend here. All right. So <laughs> you've reared two successful daughters, one's a physician, the other's an attorney. What advice would you give to parents who are trying to rear their kids on any given day, especially during this? Virtually. <laughs> right, with dealing with, yeah, oh man, dealing yeah. with the challenges of, again, I'm asking this for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, yeah, let's say hypothetically you have two parents that have kids, they're trying to get them through virtual and they're trying to deal with all the stresses of their job. What, what advice do you have based off of your experience? It's interesting. I have a chapter in my book, uh, Driven to Succeed, about raising my two daughters. And it's called Raising the Bar. Mm -hmm. Because uh, uh, Cheryl, that just uh, called in is an attorney. And she's the one that helped me go through the regulations when she was in law school to open on Hattie's place with all of the regulations. Um, 
that she had, and then she ended up giving up practicing law to run the foster boys home uh, at minimum wage. And that's a commitment for six years, she did that. And that was part of her heart of what you do. So the head and the heart work together. Mm. But today with many of the parents who are home, they don't know what to do. Because first of all, they didn't go to school to be a teacher. Mm. They went to school to be whatever their job is. So they're trying to teach the kids and technology. Many parents are not technology savvy. And then they're trying to do their job at home, mm. working from home. So many parents are just absolutely pulling their hair out. I can't tell you how many students, my former students that I taught at Coppin, called me to say, now, what would you do? Did you get any ideas for me? So I've been giving them ideas on different things because they said, well, we don't have technology and the kids don't have the internet. And so we, I just don't know what to do. I said, when I was in the country and my schools closed down for five years, we didn't have that either. So we've been doing things like taking an egg carton, save all of your stuff. So for multiplication, put some buttons in the egg carton and you got two times six and let them stop and feel and touch different things. And I have some things on my website, our brain teasers, that I go to my website and look under mental gymnastics mm. and let them do that. It's, it's interactive, they love that sort of thing and giving them ideas of what they can do. So you can put them to work doing something that they love doing and kids love to do things over and over. Like the brain teasers that's on the internet, my grandkids, will do that over and over and over because the first time they do it, they may get a 50. Now they know the answer. So the next time they get an 80. So they keep doing it till now they got a hundred. So now they got a hundred, they're gonna keep doing five, six, nine, ten times mm. because now they know the answers to those. And that's what learning is all about. So parents have got to, I've talked to parents and we've talked about how to organize their day. Organize their day organize your day and if your husband is home then if you got two kids he will be assigned to this but you got to tell him what to do give him structure step by step you make it hard but it's not really hard if you don't have anything use what you have when my kids were coming up sure can tell you i had a, a word on everything in my house refrigerator the word chair table curtains, refrigerator, wash machine, everything I had a word. And so when people come over, they say, can I sit in the C-H-A-I-R, my relatives? Because everything in my house was labeled. Because they, that's what you call sight words. Hmm. And so parents can do, I tell parents, go and label everything. Get a cereal box, cut it out. Now what's that name? Captain Crunch. How do you spell it? Such and so. Use words that they like songs translate the songs into words or let them do it there's so many things you can do to teach the kids and so that's not in the lesson plan bump the lesson plan <laughs> simply because most lesson plans are not written for our kids anyway when i taught at cop and i had to keep changing my textbook that's no that's not gonna work in baltimore city you know go to the beach and look up and imagine you know, you set you so. No, first of all, my kid's not gonna be down in Virginia at the beach. Gonna sit down and imagine, close your eyes and imagine, because they're not gonna close their eyes. Many of our kids. 
So again, so you got to make it relevant to your kids. So that's one of the things that I like doing. So parents can make it happen during all of this COVID and let them know and let them learn about COVID. You know, learn, you know, get off the lesson plan because the lesson plan right now is not relevant. Use experiential learning. And what you need to do, I teach parents how to get the skills from the Maryland State Department of Education. Those are the skills you have to learn by cause and effect, opposites, antonyms, synonyms. So you can use anything. You don't have to use the, the book that they didn't send you mm. or the internet that you can't get on. Those mm. skills, you can teach them opposites using any type of content. Just know what those skills are. And then you can teach kids using that. Make it fun for the kids. If you, you stress, they're going to be stressed. Mm. Wow. Yeah, you, you, said, you said a lot there. And yeah. I, you know, I, I'm convinced that my friend was really helped by that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Another thing I did, um, I had a wall of words in my kid's room. If Shirley listen, she can remember. I don't think they ever saw the wall right. because I had the 3,000 Dutch words, the D-O-L-C-H, called 3,000 Dutch words all up on the wall. Because if you don't know the 3,000 Dutch words by the time you're in the fifth grade, you're not going to be able to read. Mm. And the Dutch words are what you call sight words. A lot of people say, oh, well, I, I'm going to try to learn it phonetically. Phonetics are only about 33% of our words. You can't spell our words phonetically. If you say photographs, if they went by the sound, they would be looking in the Fs mm -hmm. in the dictionary. Yeah. And when the teacher said, well, go look it up. Well, how are they going to look it up when they're looking in the Fs? Mm -hmm. They've been in the Fs all day. So you got to know which are sight words, which are phonetic words, and then which are words that are part of the experience of foreign words, that we have a root from those words. You know, you just, there's no, there's no, we, you just have to know that word. We lived um, in Tower in Scotland, a place called Tower, T-O-W-A-R-D. Some people say, I, I'm going to Toward. I live in Toward. But in Scotland, they call it Tower. Mm. You live in Tower. So you have to understand the linguistics of a particular location as well. So it's, um, it's very simple to do, but you got to know a structure in your mind what it is you're trying to do so you can be organized. And I, and I help people with that. I have a lot of people calling me for assistance on parents from my church in different places. Like, what do I do? How do I do it? I'm going to kill this kid, you know. <laughs> you better come and get him. My parent called me. She said, do you know anybody that we can send our kids to? I'm, I pay the principal. If she would just let me bring this kid over to her house for a couple hours, I'll just pay her. <laughs> She said, you tired of him already? You only got one. What about Miss Jones who got three? And so it's, uh, it's really funny to see parents really don't know what to do with their own kids. They have a great appreciation for teachers there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you're, um, I really want to talk about this on Hattie's place. Because so while you were the vice president at Coppin State and doing these great things there, you also, you were the founder of this nonprofit home Aunt Hattie's place, you reached over 100 foster young men over a 22-year span. 
talk about like what inspired you to start this and tell us some of the details of on Hattie's place. I guess when I when I was growing up in the country and uh, when they sent me to Norfolk, I felt like a foster kid. And I was made to feel like a foster kid. You know, you you being disrupted from your home and your close family back in the country where everybody knew everybody. You being sent to a different city, a new school and didn't know anybody. I just felt so lost. Nice. And I, I didn't smile. In fact, I, as I reflect back, I didn't smile for over five years when I was taken away. And I just wrote an article, wow. a smile article, because one of the people who was determined to make me smile was the photographer of the school who took pictures every year. And he would say, smile, and I never would smile. After about three years, he knew there was something going on with that little girl. I wonder why she's not smiling when all the other kids, when I say smile, or cheese, or, or pizza, everything he said, I would just look. So he made it his business to find out why I wasn't smiling. So he came up with this thing where his club selected me for a debutante. And I, you know, didn't have a gown, I didn't have anything. So I just didn't know, and my aunt didn't get involved with anything. So they got my hair done, my, my gown and everything, got dance lessons for me. and. And then on that night of the debutante, when I heard his wife say, isn't she lovely? And they, he said, yeah, we're going to take your picture and get over here. And I looked in the mirror, and I just thought I was Cinderella. Mm -hmm. And so I smiled for, the, I think, the first time from the fifth grade to the 11th grade when I was a debutante. Because I didn't have anything to smile for. I didn't want to make any friends, because my friends may be taken from me. I just... I was a loner on purpose because, you know, once you've been snatched away from people, you don't want to make any friends because it's very painful to lose those friends. So it was, so with my foster boys, when I was assistant superintendent of schools and I saw foster kids on the corner in the middle of the day and I would stop the car and say, why are you out of school? She said, who are you? Well, I'm the superintendent and you stand on my streets in the middle of the day. So I want to know why you out of school. They said, we are foster kids and we don't have a place to stay. So anyway, I put them in the car, took them back to my office, ended up taking them home for one night after I called social service to say, I got some kids, you know, you all looking for them? He said, oh yeah, well, yeah, they run away. So, you know, we get to them when we get to them. So I thought I'd keep them for one night, which is what we did in the country. The teacher took all of us home one night or we go and stay with another neighbor one night. And so by having that country homey motherly instinct, I said, well, I'll keep them for one night. My girls were away in law school and medical school. So I had three empty bedrooms. So I thought it'd be for one night. And one night became one week, one month. And I said, aren't they looking for these kids? Then after about six months, no travel, take them back with me to the school board meetings and to a school. And so I decided to, to keep these kids. I said that these kids are very smart and they're just unfortunate that they don't have a place. So then after about six months, I started checking into opening a group home. And I didn't know it was going to take me three years to do, because I'm still at the same time the vice president of Coppin State. Mm -hmm. And so after we opened in 1997, then for 22 years later, 
we reared over 100 foster boys. Several have gone through college. They got all oh kinds God. of jobs, you know, in the military and working, some in the community college. And I have a fund now called Unhatted Scholarship Fund. For all of those foster kids who've aged out of the system at 18, and many of them haven't finished high school. So what are you going to do? So I have a scholarship fund to help those kids if they want to go to a four-year college. Mm-hmm. You know, they can do so. And I also had, I sent them to a BC, a, um, a community college as well, because some are not ready for a four-year college. So that scholarship fund and the money from my books go into that scholarship fund so I can have money for those kids to stay on campus, because they have to stay on campus because they're now basically homeless when they age out of the foster care system. But I mean, when you talk about this thing of, you know, moving from success to significance or driving to significance, I mean, I I just can't think of too many things more significant than what you're doing and what you've done with Aunt Hattie's Place. I know I I attended your uh, retirement ceremony at Coppin State and literally, like, I had to fight back getting emotional because you had people that were telling a story about how they were in the penal system and how they were had uh, about to go to jail, but then they met Dr. Washington and now they're engineers and they're about, you know, going to law school and they're married with kids. I mean, it was just, it was just incredible. Mm. Incredible. I mean, the impact you've had on people's lives is just amazing. I tell you, I had to cut off the number of former foster kids who wanted to speak. (laughs) You know, like, well, can I say something? I had to, Said, no, we don't want to be here all day. <laughs> so, you know, I had one of my white boys who had written his speech and his grandmother was there. So he came up to me. He said, I have, you didn't call on me. I said, well, I, you know, I, I thought Aunt Julie told you that we were only going to call on so many. You know, he was the first kid. And then this one, this one. So that's why. But he also gave me, he said, can I give you this, my speech? Mm-hmm. And his grandmother was there. And I read his speech, had, I mean, it had tears in my eyes. Because even these kids, you know, understand that they are all part of the family. I don't care. We had white kids. We had African-American kids. We had ones from Africa, mixed kids, Hispanic. I mean, we had the whole Panhellenic uh, council in our house. And they protected each other. I remember one that went to Forest Park, you know, at Forest Park High School in Baltimore City. Mm. And one of the African-American boys in the school was picking on uh, Zach, one of my white boys. And so one of the black boys said, hey, hey, don't pick on my brother. And Mm. he said, that's not your brother. He said, he is my brother. And if you pick on him again, you will see that he is my brother. Mm. And he and Zach were hugging and went on down the hall. And so that's what happens when they really bond with each other and they keep up with each other now. You know, they Zoom each other, FaceTime each other. And I think I'm gonna try to have a get together in another year once COVID is over so that we can have a banquet that all of my young men come back together. Mm. I'm gonna gonna have to slide this to the side for a second because you got my eyes a little. This this it's something in the air up in here, Lord. Oh man. Well, that is amazing. That's amazing. Wow. I tell you. I, I was struggling to get through, man. I mean, it was just just amazing to see the impact. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's me what too. I they always making me cry. You know, Mother's Day, your father's day. 
Someone called me on Father's Day. I just want to say Happy Father's Day. Oh man, wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. So I mean, we're, so we're talking about driving from success to significance, and you have some specific points that you wanted to cover. Uh, I've got the, um, the the visual. I can cue it up here in a second. Just let me know. You know, do this. All right. So as people look at it. Um, this is that was the significance part mm -hmm. of who we are. Yeah. And so driving from success to significance is very important. Those people who may not be on, if you can share with persons this website so they can get on as well. But the main part of significance, if you're on the road to success, now I'm starting now from. Say you reach success, whatever your level of success is. Success is personal. For some people, success is finishing high school. Or success is getting out of middle school. Whatever your definition of success, you start there. Because if you woke up this morning, you are successful. Because you're breathing. And you don't have COVID. But you know so many people. So you have to appreciate where you are in this moment in time. And then set your sights on where you want to go in life, but start where you are. Right now, say, okay, I haven't reached my ultimate goal of metacognition, of being self-actualized, but I'm going to start where I am because I got some strengths right now. So you list all of your strengths and all of your areas that you want to improve. I don't call them weaknesses areas of improvement everybody ought to have some areas of improvement if you have arrived and so successful that you don't have any areas that you want to improve then i don't know what to say for you this workshop is not for you because you are so perfect and you want to be perfect as long as you live you can't learn anything else and you don't want anybody to tell you anything else this is not the workshop for you <laughs> because as long as you are living and you want to reach a higher goal, these are the things you want to keep in mind. And, and the significance part of this presentation is beyond success, regardless of where you are with success. So the next slide we're going to talk about on the road to being uh, significant. As you start on the road, regardless of where you are, you go, you're going to move the goalpost. Or you're going to move a little further. I have some friends in Baltimore who don't go out of Baltimore and say, oh, I'm not going down to Washington. Oh, I'm not going to Virginia. They just stay around Baltimore because they don't see their success in the wider than that area. So if you talk about going on a road to success, it's like, well, is that road in Baltimore? And, I, and one of my foster boys, you know, if I said I was going to move to Virginia Beach, oh, wow, that's a long way away. Uh, no, it isn't in this day and time. You know, you can drive it, you can fly it, or what have you. And it's so funny, he got a, a job off of one of my foster boys, uh, a job off in Texas. He yeah. said, oh, Ma, I can't go down to Texas. I said, why not? Well, it'll be too far away from you and Cheryl. Mm -hmm. No, it won't. If you got a job there and they're gonna pay you $30,000 more, I'll fly down to Texas. Oh, well, 
he had to think about that for a minute. So he sort of thought about it. And then after he just, he didn't get the job, he gave it to someone else. I've never seen a kid so happy that he didn't get a job <laughs> that's going to pay him $30 because he wanted to stick around this area. So, mm -hmm. but what is your level of success? Now, regardless of what it is, you're going to start with visualizing your success. Before you even meet success, you first got to visualize it. What does success look like for you? Now, even though you're going to move the goalpost, even though you're going to have your road to stretch a little longer, but first visualize what it is you want to do. It's interesting, when my daughter was in uh, medical school, I got a sign made to say Sherelle A. Washington, MD. Now, she was in the first year of medical school. She said, Mom, why you get that? I haven't really graduated yet. I said, because I want you to look at it. This is where it's going to look when you finish. I didn't say if. I said when you finish. So this is, so I put it in her room up at the University of Virginia so that she can visualize success. Same thing with my daughter when she's in law school. I got her some business cards to say, Cheryl, why Washington, comma, Esquire? To graduate May, I forgot the year, she's on there. So she said, Ma, these business cards, yeah, those are your business cards. So you can give them out to people. So I'm going to graduate in May, whatever the year was I put on there. So again, visualizing your success. And you have to help people to understand, think about it. I used to say to my kids, close your eyes and think about being a lawyer. And how would a lawyer look? How would a lawyer act? What would a lawyer read? What would a lawyer do? So I want you to start doing that now. That same thing with being a doctor. What would a doctor read? So same thing with my daughter. So the next step on your road, after you visualize it, now you got to have a plan. You got to plan what you're going to do. Make a plan. If you fail to plan, then you will what? Plan to fail. So you don't just get up and say, I'm going to be a doctor. How are you going to be a doctor? Well, I don't know. One of my boys one day said, oh, hey, I like your car. I'm going to get me a Jaguar one day. I said, okay, how are you going to get a Jaguar? I don't know. I'm just going to get it. I said, no, that's not the way you're going to get it. So how are you going to get a Jaguar? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to get me one. I said, let's talk about it. And if we talk about backed up, you know, what do you, if you want the Jaguar, say, five years from now, what do you need to do today? What do you need to do tomorrow, the next day, and so on? So you got to finish high school. got to get a good job. You want to go to college. So-and-so. So you have to let people know this is your plan. So you can plan your route or plan your goal of what you want to do. And as you go along your route, you're going to fail. You're going to fail because don't expect that you're not going to fail, but you got to anticipate that everything is not going to go rosy. So the next, after visualize, after plan, anticipate. And if you look over by the road, they are anticipated slowdowns. It may be an accident, maybe traffic, it may be weather, but you anticipate that they're going to be slowdowns. Because if you don't anticipate and it happens, now you're going to try to speed when you do get a clearing, or you're going to get stopped by the police. So you got to anticipate to leave ahead of time by anticipating that there may be some slowdowns. 
But when you go on the road to success and significance, look that failure is not the answer. Failure is a detour. Mm. It's not a roadblock. You may have to back up if there's a flood or what have you. You may have to back up and make it a detour. It may take you longer to get to your goal, but you need to keep going along the way because you know you visualize your destination where you're going. And you keep going along the road. If you fail a couple of times, that's okay. You're going to stop for a minute. You may look and listen. And sometimes you stop. You may say, hmm, I don't think this is the right road. Let me do a little more investigation. Let me look at the map. Let me do a little reading. Let me take a course. Let me sharpen my ax. Because if you keep cutting a tree with the dull ax, you're working harder and being less productive. Mm -hmm. So you got may want to stop and sharpen your ax. Mm -hmm. Refocus and see where you're going because you got to work smarter, not harder. Mm. And then after that, you keep going on your road, be persistent. You may have to reroute. Maybe you don't need to be a chef because you really can't cook. You tried all kinds of recipes and it ain't tasting. You don't have a sense of taste. Mm. Well, I no, I can't taste anything since I had that accident. Well, why are you trying to cook? If you can't taste anything, you got too much salt in this food. You don't one, have enough salt. <laughs> well, that's, so that's, that's, one, is, that's one thing I can do is I can I can taste. I can't cook, <laughs> but I can taste. Come up and taste one of my bread puddings and my Boy, homemade chili. I'm, I'm oh, all my, in. Dr. Oh, Walsh, she was looking at my square when she said you can't cook. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sent my family yesterday. I was making this dish yesterday, and I sent them the videotape and this and all of that. I got a call from my son. Can I come over and get some more? Can I look good? And so, yeah, I got up there. So I made enough for more, more than me. But <laughs> in any event, um, you got to reroute sometimes. And then by being persistent and being consistent and persevering, when you get to the end of your road and you start reaching back and giving back, that's when you reach what is called self-actualization. That means you are significant. It's not enough for you to be successful and keep it to yourself. What's the good of being rich and, and famous and if you don't have anybody to share it with? So the whole idea is you reach back and give back to help other people to be successful as well. And so that's significant. So just to summarize, uh, can we go to the next slide? If you just sort of look at your visualization of your plan and you kind of collapse, you're going to, step one, you're going to visualize and you're going to plan your route. That's, that goes together. And then number two, you're going to anticipate detours, emergencies, accidents, and slowdowns. Because if you don't anticipate them, then you won't know what to do once you reach the worst case scenario. A lot of people say, oh, I'm planning for a, a, a good day, but suppose a good day doesn't come. That may be your worst case scenario day. So what have you planned just in case the worst thing happens? And if it doesn't happen, then that's fine. But I used to call my principals when I had a, when I was an assistant principal, 
And I said, how things going? He said, what happened today? He said, nothing. That's a good day. No suspensions, no firebombs, no parents coming out yelling at the person. So nothing happened today is a good day. So you got to anticipate those things that do happen those days. And then step three, you have to persevere. Every say reroute if necessary. You have to refuel. Sometimes we work on fumes. And particularly if you're a caregiver or a teacher, you don't stop to eat. You don't do anything to take care of yourself. So you got to refuel. Then you got to reflect. What worked? What didn't work? Those things that didn't work, don't keep trying and trying and try. Okay? Don't keep trying if they're not going to work. And then if you know that you've done what you need to do, then you stay the course. Don't give up. Keep the same amount of energy, if not more energy and enthusiasm till you get to your goals. So you see the success sign is the dollar signs. It things ends up being successful, not only in money, but money sometimes can be in kind. Meaning that you are rich when you have family and friends and people that you've helped and you've given back. It's more rewarding sometimes when you give a gift and, and it makes you feel so good. And some people turn around, they got to outdo you so they don't give you a gift bigger than what you gave them. It's like, no, that's not why I gave you the gift. I just gave you the gift for nothing. Mm. You don't need to give it back to me. So that's part of my being significant, a part of my being having a need to give back because people who are significant get more I would say get more, uh, I would say, reflection and more reward when they give of themselves. And they don't give it for you to give anything back. So that's the difference in a person who's reached significance. People don't need to try to give you anything back because you gave them something. And that's when, uh, that's when you know that you are now moving into that next level of self-actualization. Hmm. And then the last one, as we summarize. Next slide. The next slide. So just, just to give the summary of success in summary that move into significance. And you can just take the word success and summarize. You got to see your goal, which we talk about visualizing. You got to understand the obstacles because there will be obstacles in life. Many people don't achieve until they have reached some failure, as, as John Lewis said. If you have reached success and you haven't failed, then you don't know what failure is, and so you can't empathize with people who have failed. Mm. So understand there will be obstacles. But keep a positive mental picture. You create a positive mental picture. There are all kinds of things that keep you positive. Stop reading junk things. Stop reading negative things. Stop watching negative movies and everything is depressing you know watch positive things and keep your positive aspirations and forms together clear your mind of self-doubt because when self-doubt will stump you and make you stop at that detour and have you not going any further you just try to figure out how to go back self-doubt just clear your mind of it you say if anybody else can do it i can do it if people tell you you can't do it, you say, I'll show you. Mm. You don't know me, I'll show you. 
So those are the things that you need to put in your mind and embrace the challenge. If anybody else can do it, you can do it better. Only thing you need is the opportunity and a chance to do it better and stay on track. Don't let anybody get you off a of track. And people try to get you off track. Why do you need a college degree? Well, look, I got a good job and it's paying me good and I don't have a college degree. Y'all spend four years in college and then you're not making it. They're going to try to get you off track. You stay focused on your goal. You know what's at the end of your road, what your goal is. Don't let anybody get you off track. And then you show the world you can do it. But first you show yourself. Mm. Then you show your family because your family is rooting for you. That you may be the first one in the family. You don't know how many people, your mother, your grandmother, your uncle, uncle that told, my kid is in college. My kid is doing well. And they know, everybody know you because your parents and everybody talked about you in the beauty parlor, in the barbershop. Mm -hmm. My kid is in college. Oh, they're just so proud. So you show yourself first you can do it. Then you show your family. And then you show the world that you can do it and you've done it. And so not only are you now successful and significant, so is your family. Mm -hmm. you know, at Norfolk State and Coppin, they tell people now, this is a dignified uh, graduation. So mm -hmm. I don't want any yelling and screaming. So I want everybody to just clap when your kid comes across the stage. Mm -hmm. Down there those kids come across the stage, people <laughs> blowing, woo, woo, blowing horns and standing up yelling, Hey, poopy. Hey, poopy. <laughs> hey, Tyrone. <laughs> I, I told the president, I said, you can't stop these parents. These are the first kids in the family going to college. You're talking about being dignified. They're as dignified as they're going to be. Let them hoop and holler and scream when those kids go across the college. When, my, when I graduated and got my doctorate from University of Maryland College Park, and I was the first, only black in my class, and my cousin came up from Virginia Beach, and uh, they said, no picture taking because we got a professional photographer over there and they're taking your picture. When I went across that stage, my cousin got right up, came right up, was taking the picture and, and somebody was hitting him on the shoulder. Sir, 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 you can't take pictures, sir. sir. My cousin didn't even look around. He kept the focus on me. And because he said he didn't drive up to Virginia Beach, the first person in the family to get a PhD and he's going to punch him on the shoulder and say, sir, you can't take a picture. He just kept on. When I came across the station, got that picture. Then he looked around at the guy. He didn't say it. They just gave him that look. Like, you would be glad I didn't turn around and miss my picture. But anyway, so <laughs> is <laughs> you know that these kids and parents, and you're showing the world, everybody, our kids can do it. And that's what's so fun about um our kids helping HBCUs for our kids to do all that they can do and don't get lost in these big universities that are not built for our kids and they don't feel at home. No one looks for them. I've had any of them of kids to transfer to cop and been at another university for six years or seven years and haven't finished. Every year they come out, well, I thought I was graduating. I sent out my invitation. They said I need another course. But didn't you know you need another course? 
Well, no, I thought I was graduating. No, let me see your curriculum. Okay, just follow the curriculum. Why are you taking something over here that's not on your curriculum? Well, they didn't offer that semester, so I took this. Well, that's not going to replace what you're supposed to take. <laughs> you got to take this. Take basket weaving is not going <laughs> to substitute for history. <laughs> but they didn't have history that semester, so I just took something else. Yeah, you you gonna be there seven more years. Get on over to Coppin. We sit with you every semester. Make sure you know what you're supposed to take. You're on track, and if you take something substitute, we uh, choose it for you, so you can get out of there in five years. Next six years, you're still at the university. So can we go to the next one? And how's our time? Well, this is the Driven to Succeed book, and this is the one where we talk about in being successful, you also have to be balanced in life. And in being balanced, you got to be balanced in many ways, globally, sy systemically, invisibly, and year-round. Mm -hmm. So when you know something, it's supposed to be so translucent that people don't know you're looking up in your, up in your mind trying to find that answer because you wanted to come right on out that reflective knowledge and you want to know it's year round. So your balanced life is not one time only, it's a process of being successful. Not on one day, you know, one week, a Black History Week or uh, uh, what is it, uh, Black History for Women. You want to have your life so balanced until whatever you do, you're gonna do your best at whatever you do. And then you show other people how to do that. Because I know Eric now wants to learn out how I did my slides, so he, I can teach him. So, so somebody taught me, Eric. So we pass on because he does a lot of presentations, so I can teach him how to do that, just like somebody taught me how to do them as well. Mainly one of my sons who is in IT, one of my foster sons. So again, uh, that's just that book. So hopefully everybody will get that book because that book has the companion book, which is the cookbook. In fact, I didn't plan to do a cookbook. You can turn to the next one. I didn't plan to do a cookbook, Ted. Mm. After people read the first book and I was talking about those good old country dish dishes, those biscuits my mom used to make with the uh, honey butter that she would make, fried chicken, and everything fresh. You got to catch the chicken in the mm. yard and everything from the garden and apple orchards and having apple cobblers and apple turnovers and blackberry mm. cobblers and uh, peach cobblers. And I was talking about that in the other book, Driven to Succeed. Mm. And people said, Washington, that chapter made me so hungry. So when are you doing a cookbook? And I said, well, I don't plan to do a cookbook. I was just talking about those dishes and recipes in there. So I got so many calls for, well, you got to share those recipes. So I started putting together my recipes and then that, that's the cookbook. And the cookbook has won any number of awards, not only for the recipes, but for the, the simplicity of cooking the recipes, as well as the pictures mm. in the recipe book, which were taken by a foodographer. That have so many of them kitchen tested. Then once I had the recipes kitchen tested, then the foodographer went to, to take a picture of the dish where the mm -hmm. professional chef had cooked the dishes. And that was if I wanted my cookbook to be in a different category of a professional cookbook as opposed to 
a cookbook that you put together for junior league or church group or what have you. So this is what you call another level of cookbook that meets the standards of a professional cookbook where your dishes have been kitchen tested, <coughs> excuse me, and the photos were taken by a foodographer, which I didn't know there's such a thing as a foodographer. <laughs> wow. The only thing they do is take pictures of food. You thought they were taking a picture of a, of a model or something. The way yeah. they know to turn the dish this way, you know, put this spoon on that side, put the chicken on this side, such and so. It's like, well, I got some pictures of some chicken. No, that we, <laughs> we got to do it, got to have the right light on this side. <laughs> so it's like, whoa. So, but anyway, so we got awards for the pictures. We got awards for the recipes. We got awards for the back of the book. Because Eric, as you know, in the back of the book, I got all kinds of information on health stuff that why everybody should be cooking with lard. There's an article by a Professor Johns Hopkins in Harvard. that people got away from frying food with lard because there was a scare in the 70s to say, oh, cholesterol, so you got to stay away from uh, fats. No, you stay away from bad fats. Mm. Lard is a good fat. It is like if you cook bacon and you get the bacon grease and the bacon grease, you put it in a container, that's what it's called. That's lard when it solidifies. And that's called a good fat. But Crisco and margarine and all that stuff, those are not even food. It's like one molecule away from being plastic. Wow. But it's non-fat. But it'll kill you at the same time. Okay. So in the back of my book, I got all kinds of articles on the difference between sea salt and regular salt, brown eggs and white eggs, or what are some other sweetens you can use other than sugar and et cetera. So just a lot of wonderful articles in the back of the book. So I got uh, we got an award for that, the back of the book as well. So, and then at the end, what we got coming up now for Trick or Treat, the cookbook has been converted to an ebook. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to convert a cookbook to an ebook because books, if you know, when you read books on your Kindle or whatever you, it's, it's what's called floatable. So you can use, you look at it on the phone or iPad and it just flows the size that you want it to be. But a cookbook, it's hard to do a cookbook that's floatable because the picture of the chicken may be on this page and now the recipe is on the other page because mm. the pictures get all mixed up with putting a cookbook in an ebook. But I've had this company that does a wonderful job. Not only is it floatable, but it's also interactive, meaning that you can click on the, the comp table of content under dessert and it go right to the dessert part. Or you can click on whatever goes to that part. So that will be coming out, that will be launched on Amazon on the 29th of October. For 12 hours only, we're going for the Amazon bestseller. Mm. So for 12 hours, everybody will get their book. Now the ebook is going to be $12.99. But on that day, for 12 hours, it's going to be $4.99 for all of my friends and, you know, people that, my followers. And it's called a treat, no trick. <laughs> so just before Thanksgiving, so I want everybody to get their, <laughs> their treat, a book at a discount, a treat discount. 
at $4.99. But I will remind people in their email. The only thing, um, Eric, some people may be listening that may not be on my email list. Okay. So uh, they need to send me their email or my email um, if you can pull that, put that on there. But it's um, H Washington. 0001 at gmail. Go to the go back to the uh, go back to the previous slide, Eric. Let's Washington see. 001 at gmail. Yes, yeah. This is the website. You know, they can also go to the website. There's a form there they can fill out on the website. But if you want to send it to me an email, uh hwashington0001 at gmail.com. And do it, um, I'm sending out an email on this, this Friday, a newsletter. So I'd like to include them in our database so that they can be aware of when this is gonna come, they can stay tuned and go in and get their, their ebook. This, this ebook has really been a project. I've been working on this ebook for about a year, Eric, trying to get the cookbook mm. converted to an ebook. And everybody said, well, you can't do that because the, the, the recipe is not going to come together unless you don't mind having the chicken on one page and the recipe is floated on over to another page. I said, no, I want them all on the same page. Mm -hmm. So now what I got is a combination of what you call fixed and also floatable. Mm -hmm. So we found somebody who can do that. So yeah, but want to do that, Eric, I can give you that person. Yeah, so for everyone that's, that's watching us, and first off, those of you that, maybe catching this on the audio version, you, you want to pop over to the 30-Minute Hour Facebook page so you can see the visuals mm -hmm. of, of what Dr. Washington just presented. But uh, I'm going to put the email in the chat. So definitely make sure you reach out to Dr. Washington at hwashington001 at gmail.com. Three zeros. Three zeros. I'm sorry, hwashington000. One right. at gmail.com. That's right, H Washington right. 0001 at gmail.com. Eric, it sounded like you was in class for a second right there and you didn't get that extra zero in there, boy. You was going <laughs> the doctor was gonna make sure you got that straight. <laughs> hey, wait a minute there, don't leave that zero out. Right, because I won't get it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how many people sent me emails. Say, I sent you that two, three times. I said, what did you do? And they go through and they say, zero, zero. I said, that's why I didn't get it. And you sent three zeros. Somebody else. <laughs> it's three zeros. Well, so, this... Eric, that's, see that um, display right there? Uh-huh. Isn't that a lovely display with the books stacked and then with the um, the iPad? Yes. And the back. is. So the person I have working with me now, they've done that for all my the Driven to Succeed book as well. So if you um, want to have that done, they know how they stack. I have different versions of uh, what they call a 3D stack mm. of, of your books. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, this has been so, fantastic, Dr. Watch. I'm sorry, what were, were you about to say? Now I'm just going to say, so I just want to let people know that Wherever you are in life, your goal is your goal. Yes. It's not right, it's not wrong. But just know that God has given you different gifts and talents that he wants you to 
he wants you to project and wants you to reach your full potential. So until you make that first step on the road, you always wonder what I could have done. Maybe I should have, could have, if I, you know, if I really should, I should have done that. Then you won't be looking back to say, well, gee whiz, see, I could have been this by now. I could have been that by now. I had a sister and she watched me all through undergrad. She's older than me, all the way through master's degree. And she said, my nickname is sister. Sister, you know, if I had started, when you started in college, I could have been almost finished now. Or if I had started, I said, why don't you get started? She said, I, it'll take me six years. I said, so how over will you be in six years if you don't go? She said, I'll be almost 60. I said, how old will you be if you go? She said, I'll be 60. I said, how come the same? So she thought about it and she got started, got her undergrad degree, got her master's degree and ended up being a supervisor of social service when we came through social service to open up Hattie's place. Wow. She was a supervisor. And mm. then she ended up being the chair of my board. Mm. So I tell people, get started. Mm. Don't keep saying, I want to get that PhD, Eric. I should, but I, you know, I got a family and I this and I, and I don't know if I have the time. You got 24 hours a day. Everybody got 24 hours. So if you get started and have faith in God, Mm. You find that's not as hard as you thought it was going to be. Mm. You made yourself sick. Yep. By saying I can't, I would, I could, but I, you talk yourself out of it. Mm. Still, just getting started. I have a girlfriend who's probably listening who's just started on her PhD. When I told her when I met her two years ago, I don't know why you're doing this. You should be back there with something behind your name, credentials. She said, "Oh Lord, oh no, I never thought. Of, oh no, I can't get a PhD." I said, if I say you can, I've done a lot of PhDs, dissertations, work for students. So if I say you can, I know you can. So get started. Get so started. she said, that's, that's, the, that's the tip that I needed because I've been saying right on the tip. Now, and she got started and then she loves it. She called me the other night. She said, I might have won my last class and I'm an A student. Mm -hmm. I said, and? She said, I thought, I'm not surprised. <laughs> so again, get started with your, on your road to success. If you, don't, if you don't consider yourself at success yet, well, okay, reach that first. And then move on, keep going. Move the goalpost mm -hmm. for yourself because God has given you the, the brain power. And the only thing he wants you to do is put forth the first step and keep him in your praise and keep him in your life. And you will see the, the miraculous things that he'll do for you. Yeah, so it's, it's been my pleasure being with you, Eric and Ted. Yeah. It's been, it's been and a pleasure having God you. God bless you guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you. And mm -hmm. you, wow, you, you dropped, dropped a lot of knowledge on us today. Mm -hmm. And hopefully everybody's grasping this and taking notes and gonna go back and watch this recording and listen to the yes. recording, all that good stuff. So, so we're, we're at the point of the show where we go, this is, Dr. Washington, I don't know if you knew this, this is Ted's favorite part of the show. Favorite part of the show. Right, okay. we go around the horn. And, and this is where we each leave like a closing thought for the viewers and listeners as far as what we, what's the one thing we want them to remember uh, based off what we've talked about. So, so Dr. Washington, you're the guest of honor. What, what would you like to leave our followers with? 
I guess uh, success is what you make it. Success is personal. Don't compare yourself to other people who may, whom you may think is successful, yet they don't feel that they are. Success is per, and when you reach your success, you be thankful and be complacent that that's what God has for you. So success is personal, but the only thing I want you to do, don't be complacent that you haven't worked up to your God-given potential. But just know that success is personal. Get started, and God will do the rest. Excellent. Get started, and God will do the rest. Mm -hmm. All right. Ted? <laughs> no, no pressure. <laughs> and look, there's no way I'm going to try to follow Dr. Hattie Washington today. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I mean, this has just been a it's a great, great show. Uh, yeah, you would have thought that you couldn't do it better than you did the first time, but I think you outdid yourself the first time. So I'm afraid to think what's going to be like the the next the next time you come out. All the things that you're doing, and just the you know this time you came out with a with a with a slide deck. <laughs> I'm not going to try to follow somebody, Eric. Had a, they had a slide deck. But I was in class. I was in class today. <laughs> I was in class today, but just you know, just all hey, these look, nuggets. Ted, Ted, yes, that's sir. the way I teach my classes. If my and my students are watching, I always give them visuals yeah. so they can visualize what it is I want them to know. So it's easy to now go back and give me what I gave them because I I create visuals for them. Well, you know, I got a little nervous earlier when I when I dropped that uh that question on Eric, and then when you started talking about those lakes. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, don't let her ask us about those legs. And I just came from from Detroit over the weekend. So I, you know, so I, I think I knew I could have probably picked one of them. But, but you know I, I'm there, right? I know a way to know it. Yeah, you know, right. I know a way to get it. There you, there you go. Absolutely. You don't let people know your secret. You just know, you can name them. You don't tell them how you know them. That's They're right. going to look at you like, man, how do you know that? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But no, just just everything that you just shared about just success and just <clears throat> just getting started. I mean, that's just a, such a that's such a key thing. And I, you know, I think many of us, including myself, kind of fall into fall victim of just um, you know when I get started, when I get going. And you're just saying, hey, just you know, just take that step, just start moving. And I just think that is just the most important thing because you know, again, I. You know, one saying I always hey is that the easiest thing in the world to do is to do nothing. Right? I mean, you got to do nothing to, to do nothing, right? You just stand still. So at least, like you said, make that first step and, you know, God will do the rest, open up the doors. And, mm -hmm. you, know, and I, you know, I heard you talking about Norfolk State. I, you know, I know Eric, Eric, I know you didn't think that I was going to let that pass. To, you know, that's, an, you know, alumni. Uh, you know, really? Norfolk State, absolutely. I Behold. Behold the green and gold. Yeah, green right. and gold. So That's is my daughter. All right. Both the daughters. Oh, all right. All right. Eric. Both daughters and my daughter's husband. Norfolk State. That's it. That's it. Yes, That's indeed. it. We's family. Yes, but no. indeed. But thank you again for, for coming out and just sharing with everyone. My pleasure. My absolute pleasure. 
and I want that, and and and, I, and I'm definitely coming to get a plate this time. <laughs> we talked well, about plate last year. I'm definitely trying to get a plate, and I don't well, want no, I don't want no virtual plate. I know we do. I know we're doing all this stuff around COVID. So if you just want to put it on the porch and some foil, <laughs> I just come pick it up. You know, with my mask on. But I'm yeah, I'm coming to get it. But this dish I made. If uh, Eric, you send me this email, I'll send you all this uh, this video I did of the dish I was making last night. It's um, I don't know if you everybody grew up on pork and beans, right? Uh huh. So this is pork and beans with uh, four kinds of sausages, uh, diced, uh, sauteed in onions first. And then uh, you put that, the beans over into that. Mm -hmm. And then they put a can of tomato bisque mm -hmm. into that. Okay. And you put a, a two tablespoons of maple syrup mm -hmm. with a sweetener and, a, and some sea salt. Mm -hmm. It was like a soup stew type of thing with the four kinds of uh, the turkey sausage. I had the hot sausage, sausage linked, regular sausage linked. And I had two beef kosher hot dogs mm. that I diced up and sauteed with the onions and then poured it over into the, uh, whoo, my goodness. Well, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you send the video to Eric. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want no video. I want, I want something to play. <laughs> It only took 15 minutes to make. So let me tell you, as I get to my, before I get to my closing thought, so I remember I was at Dr. Washington's, she had a book signing for the cookbook. Yeah. They had like these refreshments. And I'm eating, I'm like, man, you know, this is really good. Like everything I'm tasting, I'm like, man, you know, this is just, it turns out they were all recipes from her cookbook. Wow. Like everything she served that were refreshments were all like things that it took me a while to kind of catch on to that. But yeah, <laughs> but I was right. amazed. I'm like, man, you know what? I've been at a lot of events, but I can't remember an event where like every hors d'oeuvre was just like top shelf, excellent, tastes great. Uh, so definitely. So this, is, so this was a this was this a book signing before the last show, or this a book signing since the last show? I think it was before the last show. I'm sure you was going to say that. I was about to say, if I didn't get invited <laughs> to the book signing that had the food, I was going to feel some kind of what? Yeah, it was, it was before that last <laughs> But um, so as far as, as my closing thought, I just think about this whole, the whole theme of the show is driving from success to significance. Mm. And for me, significance is all about connecting to something that's ultimately bigger than yourself, mm. right? Your plug, it's not about you. If you're significant, it's about you're plugged in to something that's greater than yourself, a cause or something that's greater than yourself. And that's why it's so critical to get started because you could be delaying someone else. What you're offering the world isn't just for you. So if you don't, if you don't move forward, that person who's waiting to hear your message, waiting to read your book, waiting to get your business advice, they miss out. So, I mean, that, that's my thing. I mean, we, it's all about connecting to something greater than yourself. And it's not just about you. So the key is yeah. just to get started. Yeah. All right. Amazing. Amazing. Great show. Great show again. Yes, it was. Good, good, good.
Thank Dr. Hattie Washington for joining yeah, us once again. You, so you are so welcome. Thank and it's so really my pleasure, Eric. And you keep up the good work that you're doing. You're doing some fantastic things as well. Thank you. So I'm so Thank proud you. of you and Ted as well. If there's Thank any way so I can much. help in any way, just let me know. Well, we definitely appreciate you for sure. I'd like something in a plate. That's <laughs> a great way to help help me. I just want to eat a little something. I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be a mentee too. Go on, take me under your wing. I will. I, 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 you know, I know. I know your students are probably a little younger. You know, I'm. I'm only 26. So you, you just. Know, look, yeah. I've had students had the grandmother and the granddaughter in my class. All right. So I, I have them all, all sizes, all, all ages. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's been an amazing episode. This is not your everyday podcast. Once again, you can go to the 30minutehour.net uh, to catch up on all of our other episodes. This was episode number 76. Until next time, have a great one. God bless, everybody. God bless. All right. Yeah, some good comments on there. Yeah, oh, really? awesome. how, do, how do I get to see them? Um, if you go to the 30 Minute Hour Facebook page. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're right there. Yeah, so we had um, Eric Rainey said it's been a blessing. Uh, Peggy Morris. Oh, my girl. Is that uh, your cousin? Huh? Is she uh -huh. your cousin? Okay, I didn't know that. Well, we, we all found out by on Facebook. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, one of my cousins... Uh, she held my book down in Virginia when I went for my first book signing. Mm -hmm. So I said, thank you, cuz, for helping me with my book signing. And so Peggy sends me, she said, Arlene is your cousin. That's my cousin. Mm. And then we started talking about how she's some kin and so on. I said, oh, my Lord. Yeah, well, we go down to the family reunion every year. So that's how we knew we were cousins. We didn't know all along. Awesome. Yeah, this no, this is a fantastic episode. Okay, let me see. So so Eric, it sounds like we're gonna have to get Dr. Washington on uh what that what just look just about any day of the week. So so Dr. Washington, uh, definitely we need you to join the What Now movement group on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I used to do a TV show when I was at Compton. Did a um it was it came on daily really because we would tape about five shows at a time, hmm. and so and they were running them over and over and over. It was for the mayor's office. It was the cable for the mayor. Okay. So, um, and then when I was at uh, at Bowie, I also did a show over there and at Norfolk State. I mean, every place I've been, I've done a TV show, host a TV show. Hmm. <laughs> wow. So yeah, let me know when. I'm sitting in for some of my other friends on their um, shows. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, but in so the meantime, I'll send you the um, invitation link for the What Now Movement group, so that way you can, um, you know, see all the stuff that's in there and network with the people. I'm sure there are people that buy your books and yeah. All in that fact, stuff. I need to be on there for the book. Um, the authors group. What is it? What is it called? The um, authors talk or something? Which are you talking about the book talk show? That's what yeah, the book family. talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Beautiful. 
Cool. Yeah, this has been awesome. So we'll um, record this, edit it, and we'll send you the audio links. Which are oh, edited. wonderful. We'll have the intro, outro music, all that good stuff. Oh, good. Uh, so we should have that, I would say, by Sunday, around probably around the Sunday time frame. Um, and I'll send that to you via email. And then okay. we'll, we'll broadcast that out as well. Because I'm sending out my newsletter on the 16th. So I can maybe put something, if you missed it, click here. Do you still have the, you can still give them the link even though it may not be finished. Oh, sure. Yeah, so I mean, you could still give them the, the Facebook if you just want them to be able to see it. You can give, direct them to the 30 Minute Hour Facebook page. Okay. Let them know they can, and that might be, based on the fact that your thing was so visual, that might be better anyway. So that way, when they go to the Facebook, they can actually, you know, see the presentation that you did. Oh, good, good. Yeah, that works. Yeah, because those, um, you know, yeah, they, some people may want to just keep those presentations mm -hmm. because uh, it's, it's uh, very much authentic in terms of putting together just for this presentation. Yeah. All right, well, good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll go and eat some of my soup that I made yesterday with mm -hmm. the... <laughs> with the meat and the beans and everything just falling all out of it. Mm. All of the different types of meat, hot, regular. Mm. How, mm -hmm. Where do you live, uh, Ted? I'm in, a, I'm in Prince George's County in Clinton, Maryland. Okay, that's where... Mm. Uh, Eric, we're in the same area. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, if I want to come over, I made a big pot. <laughs> I give you your jaw to take home. Ooh, we might we might we might have to go out there one day and get a job here. Well, it won't it won't be one day. <laughs> and then you're in you're, you're in Baltimore now. I'm in Hanover. Hanover, okay. Close okay. to Anne Arundel Mall. Okay, okay. Right down the street. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know the last time you was telling us about what's that? What's that? Uh, peach cobbler you was telling us about? Or bread? Yeah, I made I about something. Peach cobbler. Or my daughter made a nice, lovely, delicious. Apple pie. Oof. And uh, last week I made some cheese balls. Mm. Sauces, cheese balls. Mm. Where you get a roll of um, hot sausage. Yeah. You have Bisquick, mix mm -hmm. it together. And then you put shredded cheese, mix it all in there. Mm. And then you put it in a biscuit size and put it in the oven. You got the sausage your cheese and the biscuit and it's really just a breakfast sandwich but it's all rolled together mm. that sounds good don't it yeah. it was delicious my son took some home because you can freeze them and take them out the freezer and pop them in the oven i make those all the time I used to make them tiny for like an order mm -hmm. you can make them the size of a biscuit mm. and people come over your house for an order you have those little biscuits with the sausage in them and the Cheese. It's like, what is this? These are, oh my goodness. It has a kick to it. So that is, that's really nice. Fast too. Just stick it in the oven. You know, it takes a little bit to cook. The cheese and the sauces make the biscuits so moist and, and you, you, it's like you're just eating a nice biscuit, but it's all rolled together. <laughs> But my, it's in my cookbook. 
We're gonna have to get that cookbook out there, boy. That's something. Back, mm -hmm. somebody was asking me. I was telling them about the pork and bean. That they said, "So what page is that in the cookbook?" I said, "That's not in the cookbook. I just made that up. Mm -hmm. I was just gonna make the beans and the the hot dogs and sausage and onions." But then I said, "Let me put." I had a can of tomato bisque. Mm. I said, let me try that in it. And I tried, oh my goodness, it had, had such a dimension mm. to it that it's almost like a chili mm. with beans, but with the sausage and all that. It's just a lovely dish you can use for hot weather, cold weather. A day like today when it's just rainy outside. Oh my, perfect, perfect. Mm. Absolutely perfect. Mm. Yeah, that is great. So Eric, we got to get uh, Dr. Washington on, on a motivational Monday. It sound like yeah, absolutely, for sure. Yeah. I do quite a bit. I do so much. You know, just let me know. And yeah, Eric, I'll be uh, letting you know like really soon, <laughs> like, like next month. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, anything, Eric. Eric and I met at a uh, at a book. Uh, it's a book at, at uh, the library? Yes, like yeah, at the library yeah. the um, Oxen Hill uh -huh. library celebrating their 50th year. Yep. And so we met there and we just kind of attached ourselves to each other, that you know, great. enjoyed what he had to say and met his beautiful family. And That's great. So he's become one of my uh, close friends, Minty. That's great. That's great. To kind of move through some of the things that I know he has potential to to do. Yes, yes. And he does move on things. I, I really like when I oh, give yeah. him some suggestions. He doesn't stand still. He moves on them. No, <laughs> no. That's why I stick close by him. Yes, <laughs> say, yeah, you got you got to, you got to hitch up to those to move fast. Don't do you know? Because oh, if, if you don't, they're gone. Look, you want something done, get a busy person to do it. That's it. They're That's the ones it. who got it going on. That's it. People who don't know what they're going to do, not organized, and they feel, I don't have any time to do it. But so what else are you doing? Well, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my day. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Mm, mm -mm. Mm. Yep. I bet if I see Eric's list of things to do, you know, it's like Zoom. Oh, yeah. All the things he has. Because you got to be, you got to plan your day. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll get away from you. Yeah. You say, well, what have I done with my day? Yeah. So you have to plan what you're going to do from 10, 8 to 10, 10 to 12, 12 to 2. Yeah. And then you, you know, then you, if you don't get it done, at least you had a plan. At least you had a plan. Yeah. And it's just so your At least plan. you thought so you about know. everything, at least. Yeah. You yeah. know what you, you plan to do. That's the key. Huh? You got to prioritize. Yeah. You do. If everything's you important, do. nothing's important. That's right. There you go. And sometimes you have to reprioritize when something else comes up, then you say, oh, well, okay, let me do that now. When mm -hmm. I had to stop and do my slides for, for Eric, so then I'll get back on my book that I'm doing the cover for my other book, which I didn't get a chance to talk about, Eric, 2020 Insight and Foresight. Awesome. That's a, that's a very deep book in terms of looking back and, and moving forward. Wow. So I'm working on that book, which I want to have it out the first week in December. 
So we, you know, when, when I, uh, when we schedule the motivational Monday, I mean, you can certainly put it out there then. Okay. So I'm going to, um, are there any Mondays that don't work for you at the point? I'm just looking at the calendar right here. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Just a second. Like this November, this that Monday, November second, did that work? Let's see. Yeah, I have a presentation to do on the 12th of November for the Detroit Writing Center. And that presentation is how to write and publish a cookbook mm. for them. And all of the people on that workshop are cookbook authors. And because a lady likes my cookbook, she wants me to share with all the other cookbook authors. I said, they already cookbook authors. She said, but your, your cookbook is just, they've been talking about your cookbook. So I said, sure, I'll, I'll share that. Because not only am I the author, I'm also the publisher of it as well. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So um, November the 2nd, I think, can we confirm that later on? I think That's it's cool. okay, but I just want to look at another calendar that I don't have right here now. That's cool. So just um, let me know, maybe tomorrow, because if so, could you tell me what it is I'm going to do? Because I can put it in my newsletter. Yeah, great. So so basically, it's it would be like a motivational Monday. And mm -hmm. so you would just go live and I'll send you the instructions and all that. You would just go live in the group and say, hey, I'm Dr. Hattie Washington, welcome to Motivational Monday. I want to talk to you about driving to success. Da -da 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 -da. And then, so it's like 15 minutes. And then you say, oh, hey, I got this launch coming out. I've got, and then I can also share links in, in your chat so that anything you want to promote, we can put the links out there and the people can, can follow up that way too. That's wonderful. Um That'd be good. So if I had thought about it, I could have put something in this chat. It's not too late. Oh, it's not? No. Are we, are we still on? No, we're, we're, we're not on. Oh. <laughs> but, if you, but if you go to the 30-minute hour uh, page, uh -huh. or I can just do it. I mean, you just let me know what you want me to put in there. And, we, and anybody, like anybody that goes back to it, I'm going to be sharing it all over the place. So yeah. anybody that sees it, they'll see whatever you want us, you want them to see as far as links and things like that. Mm -hmm. I think the first thing uh, would be the cookbook because I want to kind of let people concentrate on that. Okay. Uh, so we can get that done. And then the next thing is the, um, is your motivation of Monday. Monday motivation. Uh-huh. And then we can do the um the Detroit Writing Center. Okay. Yeah, so just, just let confirm when you can that, that November second works. And 
yeah, well, I'll go ahead and send you like a confirmation link. And yeah. And we're gonna use we're gonna use the same topic because that topic is could be just a over and over because you don't ever get past from success to significance. Right. You know, yeah. people can just get more out of that every time they see it. And we can sure. even have people to come in with their ideas of going from success to significant. Yeah. So that and that's just like you like you just go on and I was like, I'll send you the instructions, but you just jump you'll just jump on live that day for like 15, 20 minutes and say and just be your your little talk as far as hey, here are the key points, here's what you need to do to become significant. And by the way, I've got this promotion coming up. I've got so it's a way for you to, and I, and I can also, if, you, if it'll be, I can send you an example of another one. So that way you can kind of see. Yeah, that's what I like. So are you going to bring me in like like this and I click on the link and you bring me in or you were saying I just. Yeah, you just, you would just jump in. Like I said, I'll, I'll send you the instructions. Like all you, you just follow the instructions. And you would jump Will in. I be the only one on? Yeah, it'd just be uh, you. Oh. Okay, you, uh, show me an example so I'll know, mm -hmm. and then we can go from there. Eric, can you Eric, can you pull up the one from today? Let me go and see. What now, movement? And then once you join the group, then you'll see them every day. The next couple of weeks, then you'll be used to it. But this will definitely let's see how what it's like. You say every day. Yeah, we have we have someone that comes on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, at usually at noon. So Monday is kind of motivational Monday, and Tuesday is a thought leader Tuesday, and Wednesday is wellness Wednesday, Thursday is thankful Thursday, Friday is uh, what is it? fitness Friday or finance Friday. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Every day we have someone come on, and they. So you'll be able to hear this in a second. Kemp and I will be giving today's topic for Motivational Monday. I want to thank Eric Twiggs for asking me to be Monday's motivational speaker. And I also want to thank the What Now Movement for tuning in. So today's segment is called You Are Enough. So many times in life, we get so consumed with comparing ourselves to other people, whether we're looking at someone else's house, someone else's car, the promotion that someone else got that we felt we were qualified for, the fact that we may be older and we haven't achieved um, what we thought was successful as compared to what society thinks success is, I just want to let you know, take a step back and realize that you are enough for the current season that you are in. So, okay, you can see and hear that okay? Uh-huh. So I mean, that, that's so, kind of an example of kind of the format. Uh, so uh, the person are just talking, no visuals or anything? You can do a visual too if you uh you just figure out um you know if there's a way to 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 do it right Eric. Uh I'm trying to think. So you would pro that probably would involve 
trying to think of how you would do it. Unless yeah, you I'm did, trying to... If I made you an administrator, you'd have to go through Zoom and then broadcast to this page. I mean, that'd be a way to do it. And you could share screens and all that. Mm, that uh, that's sounds like a, too much technology for me to. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be a lot of technology. Or I mean, you could just if you want to now, if you now if you want to go pre-technology, and if you had some signage, you could do it that way too. Oh, oh like you had a little sign you could show. You just put your stuff there, and you know if that's how you wanted to do it. The hold up the the a sheet. Right. And they could they could zero in on it. That may be. It just depends. I don't know how clear it would be though. But yeah, um, it ought to be a way that we can learn how to do that. Eric, so I can maybe share the screen and have the other pull up the PowerPoint on the side. Do you know the one who knows how to do that to be able to teach me that in a few minutes? I'm a, I'm a quick study. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, let me, let me think that over. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, because the, the way you could, you could do it like I'm doing this, where you would like you'd have Zoom, like we could make you an administrator, and then you'd have you Zoom, and it'd be a bit of technology involved. Um, uh, I'm trying to think how we get so. What would you be on when I'm talking? Uh, normally, I'm not. Oh. Hmm. Um, they normally would just be you on like this. Oh, well, I would prefer that somebody at least show the slides or something. Yeah, let me, so possibly, I mean, we could always, yeah, with, with some advanced planning, yeah, I could probably make that work. Okay. Yeah. And then if, if I can, if it's something that I can learn how to do on my own, I can at least learn it. But the first time around, I think I'd like to have somebody guiding me. Okay. Like, so, you, like you just did. Yeah. So, so let uh, check your schedule. Let me know which, okay. Monday, which Monday we're like. So if the second doesn't work, there's another one that works better. Let me know. Yeah, we'll, we'll make it work. Okay. All right. Okay, guys. So I'll let you know. Um, I should know by tomorrow. In fact, I'll probably know later tonight, but um, I have another pleasant nugget. Maybe tomorrow because I have to make a phone call just to make sure um, of another event. Just So I should know by tomorrow. Would you, um, you want to text me tomorrow and I'll let you know? Sounds good. All right. Excellent. Okay, sounds good, guys. Great Thank seeing you. you again. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening. Same to you. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. And I, you said I can look at the comments down in Facebook, right? Yes. Okay, in the group. Yes. Okay. Oh, so you're talking about as far as for the whatnot, the uh, the 30 minute hour. If you go to that 30 minute hour page, yeah, just you'll see in the um, there's a comment section. That uh -huh. VR video, yeah, you'll be able to see what everybody's saying. Can I respond to them in that? Absolutely. Oh, good, good. All right. All Thanks right. a lot, guys. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Take care now. Bye bye. Bye bye.
right. Yeah. So, um, so what else we got? Um, have, you, have you heard from my uh, Kedar and all them? Is everybody? I mean, obviously tomorrow I'll send out the note on the Wednesday show. Uh -huh. People's gotten pretty good at getting on, so I guess if you send an early invite like you did last time, I guess we. Yeah. Hopefully, is, hopefully Joe will be back this week. He was a uh, Joe. Matter of fact, he Joe did a. You know, you know, Joe does it on Monday and Fridays his his uh, Zoom parties. So Monday has Martin. He does Monday. Does Monday nights and Friday, but last night, so Monday, so Friday is Freestyle Friday. Monday is Martini Mondays at ten o'clock. Mm -hmm. But yesterday, last night, they did a special post <laughs> LA Championship night. So they got on last night. <laughs> Have about twenty some people on there probably. Mm -hmm. So so he did that last night. So he must probably must be in town. Oh gosh, I'm so tired. I think it's this rain. All right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So I will holler at you. Okay, partner. Catch you later. Have a good one. Take care. It is time to order your copy of The Discipline of Now, 12 Practical Principles to Overcome Procrastination, written by Eric M. Twiggs. By reading Eric's book, you will receive a proven roadmap and blueprint to beat procrastination so you can make more money, get more done, and become aligned with your divine purpose. To order your copy, visit www.thedisciplineofnow.com.